and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Shawan Hughes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. So, Shawan, we're going to start this week with last Thursday. And um, Kayla Harrison beat uh, Jenna Fabian by uh, first round armbar. Okay, so um, she goes into the finals of that tournament against Taylor Guardado. So, Schwan, I'd never seen Jenna Fabian before, but she fought just like Megan Anderson. Yeah, that was disappointing. Um, but it's disappointing in one instance because you're of of the women's fighters, it's like I understand a lot of them are are very inexperienced, but you're just seeing it's just it's it's just a poor showing of skills, and it makes you wonder what they're being taught or how they're being developed because there's not much of a gap between how the three and one girl is fighting and the girl who's ten and one. A lot of the same holes, a lot of the same limitations. So I I didn't expect much from her, but I, I was I was hoping that she would show something, being that she's an under underdog and has a chance to make a name for herself, but. It was just more of the same no, for Kayla. Schwan, Schwan, she went right into the clinch. That was it. Yep. You know. Yeah, it was, it's, it's pretty simple. I don't know if she panicked. I don't know if she froze. I don't know if that's what they told her. But no, 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 no. She, she, she didn't even make it difficult for Kayla to get to her spot. Listen to me. She stinks. Well, to be fair, I don't know that Kayla Harrison doesn't stink. I just know she's such a the rest of them. See, that's another story, okay? But we can talk about that after the finals, all right? Because, you know, she's making such a, a, a big deal about being a free agent and all that kind of thing. But the bottom line is she's not getting the kind of money that she thinks she's going to get. Okay? Yeah, she's from, not the kind of – she's not the, as big a star as she thinks she is. And she's it, really, to be honest, she's unproven as a fighter. Well, and I look at we could talk. I, I, I prefer to talk about this after the final, which I expect her to win. But I, I'll give you um, basically the short. She's got three choices UFC, Bellator, and go back to PFL. And you want to know financially the best of those three choices? PFL. Yes. And that's a problem because. She doesn't want to really go back there, right? Well, technically speaking, can't, is, would Bellator be willing to do what they did for the men and have a tournament for a million dollars? She's not going to the UFC because they won't pay her. Well, I'm just saying, could Bellator do a, a do a, a tournament for that weight class for a million dollars like they did with the men? Yeah, I don't know if Coker wants to do that. Part of the problem is where you find fighters, right? There aren't enough yeah. of them out there. So that's a big problem. So. My, uh, uh, I just think she's going to go back to PFL. I don't see her. And, and keep in mind, okay, who her manager is, okay? Ali Abdulaziz. And you know that guy's all about the money. So yeah. he's going he's to tell her to stay in PFL. She would rather have better competition. But if she thinks there's better competition in either the UFC or Bellator, she's mistaken. I, I would think I would think there's a little bit better, but there's not enough for her to make a career there. That's right. 
Because, uh, you know, obviously Cyborg is better than anybody she's faced right now. Hell, Captain Gano is better than anybody else she's faced right now. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll worry about that when the time comes. Okay. Let's move on to Saturday's uh, one fight on Saturday's UFC show. We had uh, Josiani Nunez, her nickname is Josie, beating um, Bia Malecki by uh, knockout. Okay. And this is kind of funny because uh, Bia, of course, uh, was in Tough 28 for Featherweights, and she's fighting in the UFC at Bantamweight. She's from Sweden. Uh, I don't think much of her. Uh, Josiani uh, is from uh, Curitiba, Brazil. Her uh, gym is Striker's House, and she has power. But the interesting thing is that Bia is like, Five foot nine, and Josiani is five foot two. So, Bia, you know, what she should have been trying to do is use that height advantage. You know, you got to keep her off here because if she gets in close, well, we saw what she did, right? Yeah, the thing about it is, as you said on Twitter before, a lot of camps don't, because using your height advantage isn't just often, it's a line of defense have to train that and most camps don't teach defense they're all about asserting yourself and and being the boss in the cage there's no sort of concept of using your distance using your range and using your positioning on the knockout shot she got knocked out with her hands were down she was essentially standing right in front of her and she and she threw a jab and she didn't bring it back i mean it was the i mean that the shot that she got hit with was completely telegraphed but she couldn't do anything about it because she brought her jab hand back low and she stood right in front of her opponent it's like she has no – either she has no IQ because she couldn't make an adjustment in the fight or her team also did not prepare her appropriately because from the, the get-go, she was trying to walk uh, Josie, Josiana down. And that was yeah, never going against a power-punching girl. No, it wasn't going to be that simple because the girl obviously has power. Okay, yeah, so not only that, she, she's, comfortable, she's comfortable with getting hit and, and exchanging. So you trying to impose your will on her is just going to run you into shock. Now, if she's hesitant, you can do that, but – but if you're just coming and throwing basic jabs and basic punches and kicks and not fainting and not working your way in, all you're doing is walking into shots, which is exactly what she did. So I sent you something today about Mia Malecki where she launched a GoFundMe. Okay. Yeah. You didn't you didn't think much of that. <laughs> uh, I I don't I don't hate fighters for doing this this, this to me it undercuts some of the fight because you know a lot of fighters say the fans aren't my boss, the fans don't run me. Some of these fans are paying you more than your actual employer. And um, it's yeah. ridiculous because because you're in this position where you're committing this much to a job and you can't you can't even live off it. And the one thing that that fighters get paid more, they don't get paid enough. I get that, but I don't know if Bia Malecki's put in enough time to where she could justify having to get help with because I mean she's only three and one. She's not super experienced. She's not super accomplished. I mean she's pretty much in the early stages of the career where everybody should everybody's really struggling. She, 12 fights and has really proven herself and is getting underpaid. She's still an unproven prelim type fighter. Yeah. The, the, the whole idea of fans supporting female fighters is nothing new. You know, this is something that's been going on for 15 years. Okay. It's just that now with GoFundMe and stuff like that, it's a little bit different, I suppose. But, uh, uh, you know, I just thought it was funny. 
That's all. Now, as far as Josiani goes, um, you know, at her height, I guess they're, they're, you might want to talk about dropping her down to flyweight. I don't know if she would have the same power if she did that. If she did that. Dropping, if, she, and, if she could make the weight, you would think the power would carry over more because she used to not. Yeah. The other, but I also think that with some of the better fighters in the division, she'd be in big trouble. In Bantamweight? Yes. Or Feather, no. I just don't know because some of the girls in there are so are so limited as fighters. I'm but I could I could see her finding a way to put three to four fights wins together. The division isn't. I don't that know. Easy. It depends on it depends on the opponent, I suppose. Yeah. You yeah, know, so. yeah. I think you could find enough opponents to get her three wins, three more wins. Anyway, we'll find out. I'm sure. Okay, let's go on to uh, tomorrow night. There is an Invicta show uh, going to be on tomorrow night. Now, I want to talk about how you got to how you got to watch this first of all. So the prelims start at eight p.m. In the U.S., you can watch them on uh, Access TV. In Canada, you can watch them on the Fight Network. Those networks are owned by the same company. Uh, in the rest of the world, you can watch them on YouTube. And the main show starts at 10 p.m., and it's, it's a pay-per-view. Okay? So in Canada, it should be available for in the U.S., it should be available from your usual um, provider, whoever it is. And it's a little more expensive in the U.S. I think it's 20 bucks in Canada. It's 15 bucks. In the rest of the world, you can watch the show. You can get it at Fight TV. Okay, so very reliable. So you shouldn't have any trouble with that. I guess my big question about this show is, should they really be doing a pay-per-view? on only their second show under the ownership of Anthem Entertainment? One instance, I don't know that they've got enough of up. But then again, at this point, what's there to lose? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a low-costing low pay-per-view. And if it does even decent numbers, now you have time which you can operate from moving forward. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's too soon. Um, the other thing, the other thing about it is, did you look at the, the show? Did you look at the, the card? Yes. Okay. It's a very typical of Invicta. It's a very lackluster card. Okay. You've got two title fights, right? And, and title fight number one is for the strawweight championship. And it's uh, Emily Dakota versus Daniel Taylor. Yeah. Who the hell wants this? Who the hell wants to see that? Yeah, the funny thing, the funny thing about it is at least Dakota's been fairly active. The problem for Taylor, neither one of them are big names, but Dakota's been fairly active. Taylor hasn't fought a lot since she left the UFC, so it's like it's not like she's had a bunch of highlight reel KOs or finishes or she's even been fighting, so it's gonna be hard to create real interest in the fight. It's not a bad fight in and of itself, but it's not an exciting fight. It's it's a Listen, there's not going to be a finish, number one. Emily Ducote, could you please explain to me, I've seen her in Bellator, 
and an Invicta. Could you please explain to me what these people see in her? Well, the thing they saw in her is the win streak she put together. For a while, she was the second best uh, flyweight. Wait, was it flyweight? Yeah, flyweight. Second best flyweight in the division behind uh, Elimelade McFarlane. In the first fight she had with her was fairly competitive. She she's hits very hard. She's decent in scrambles. She's got a lot of heart, and she's in. She had just enough flaws to make exciting fights due to the fact that she was more of an aggressive counterpuncher. So you see talent because she was able to put wins together in. So in why her is so why has she gone downhill? Um, I think to a certain degree now, um, she's trying to change up her style a little bit. And in changing up her style, she hasn't, it's taken, it takes a couple fights for you to successfully pull that off because she's, she's not a top-tier athlete either. Has some hits and has some misses. I don't think she's performed terribly. She just, she just hasn't been able to dominate like they expected her to dominate when she came in Invicta. I think they expected her to come and walk through, and that has not been the case. And Danielle Taylor is a good example of someone who they made a big deal about her punching power in King of the Cage. And then she got into the UFC and she didn't fight like that anymore. Uh, it's like we always talk about at the regional level. I always tell people when you're when you're doing regional level MMA and stuff like that, the thing about it is some of these men and women you're fighting are basically the equivalent of myself. They're average people who are just giving it a shot. Very, very good athlete. So what happens is she has her speed and her power will scare most people off. They're, once they see how fast she is, they're, they're afraid to exchange. They're afraid to, to, to approach her. When she got to the UFC level, she started facing girls who, even if they weren't as good an athlete as her, the gap between her and them was only like maybe a half a step. She's getting hit when she's not used to being getting hit. When she hits somebody, they don't go away. They hit her back. When, she, when they hit her, it hurts her more than it used to. She can't get takedowns when she wants. She can't get up when she wants. So she got a lot more cautious because she understood there was a price to pay for everything she did. So a lot of her skills got put in the in the back pocket because when in her when she left the UFC, she looked like a different fighter. She was throwing more volume. She was throwing more variety. But that's because she was facing someone who couldn't handle her explosiveness, couldn't handle her power. So she felt comfortable. Once she goes against somebody who can make her pay, she'll go right back to playing it safe because she doesn't want to pay, face those consequences. Which, you know, and, and she's not a bad fighter. She just because once the once the athleticism evens out, she becomes very limited in what she can do and what she does. So I'm expecting with this fight five five rounds of dancing. I don't think it'd be that much. I, I think I I don't think I I really think we've gotten to the fat habit where she's willing to be a little bit more active. She'll throw combinations. She try to set her shots up a little bit more. Because before she would just kind of let you, try to draw you in and faint you in and hit you with counter shots or wait till you fire. Now she'll kick the inside of the leg. She'll kick to the body. She'll kick to the outside of the leg. She'll do things to kind of find a rhythm and set them up. It's not so much dead space. So I think Dakota is going to be going to be throwing more volume. And Daniel Daniel Taylor will have opportunities to land her shots. The thing is, if Daniel Taylor just can't perfectly clean or can't get you out of there. She usually ends up being outworked, and I would expect Ducote to outwork her. If 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 Ducote is going to be sharper, Ducote's had like three or four, like one, so she can't be any sharper than Ducote. But um, mm. I would I would expect Ducote to, to outwork her. There's always a chance Taylor just cracks her and puts an end to her. It's so gun shy against good competition, it, it's hard to see it happening. I'm kind of wondering how I'm going to stay awake during this fight. Say it again. I'm kind of wondering how I'm going to stay awake during this fight. 
I think I think you're right. It will be slow paced. I think it'll be better than than you expect, but I, I do think it will be slow paced. I don't expect it. It'll be worse than I expect. That's the problem. Okay, the other title match on this is um, uh, it's for the bantamweight title. Lisa Versosa versus uh, Tanisha Tennant. And uh, now Lisa Versosa looks like a pretty good fighter. She trains with. Uh, uh, guys like uh, Josh Barnett and his gang up there in Washington. Has she gotten yeah. better? The problem is she lost that big fight to Ulya Skolinarenko. If she had won that fight, she would have gotten the UFC, but she lost the fight. Okay? And so Ulya Skolinarenko ended up in the UFC. So she kind of went down a little bit. Okay? I think, Vers- I think Versosa isn't terrible. I think she's very tough. I think she's fairly well conditioned, and she's got the. She looks like she hits hard, and she and she's good at certain aspects. Like she's not too bad at wrestling. She she's a decent puncher. She can kick, but none of her stuff is very fluid, and she doesn't seem to have a lot of ability to transition between ranges. Because Ulia is not a dynamic athlete. Ulia is not a great striker. Ulia is not a great wrestler, and she was able to put Lisa in a lot of bad spots. Now Lisa was able to work her way out. She was able to handle exchanges, and she continued to fight back. But she got hit way too much for a striker who, in my opinion, isn't all that good. I think Versosa has some potential because she has the basic skill set. She's a fairly good athlete. She's got the physical tools. But I don't know that I see the connection, the structure to her game plan where she could handle someone who's as good an athlete or better athlete than her. And losing to Julia is not a good sign because Julia has done nothing but get no. beat the fuck up in, in UFC. Uh, I also wonder if Tanisha Tennant has the experience to be in a title fight. I don't think she has the experience, but in a position, experience isn't always a super major thing. I think Tennant's got her, I think she's a better athlete than Lisa. I think she's obviously longer. I, and I think, to be honest, she's a, she's a much better striker. Now, Versosa could probably maybe extend her and put her into certain spots and maybe walk her down. But if you were to tell me that Tennant's just chopping her up and busting her up at range, and wearing and wearing her out to the point that when they finally get to those spots, Versosa can't finish. I wouldn't be shocked by that because Juliana, Juliana, same thing. She basically outstruck her in range, then outstruck her up close, and then when Versosa got some momentum, she could never quite finish because she was so beaten up from trying to get into the spot she wanted to get into. I could see that fight being replicated. She's got more experience, but I don't think she's faced a better athlete than uh, than Tanisha. I don't think she's faced a better athlete than her, and I don't think she's faced like a better target. I do like this fight a little better than the other one. Yeah, it's competitive, and it's—I mean, it's—it's a better matchup, and it should be more exciting. I just don't know how much more the skill set will be as far as like, oh, it's going to be top ten skill. I—I don't think it'll be an elite skill type fight. The—the other thing I noticed is another a fighter who's on the main card on this show is Jody Escabel. What the hell is she still doing fighting? I mean, why would Jard- anybody hire her? Is that Keith? That's Keith Jardine's wife, right? Sorry, that's Keith Jardine's wife or girlfriend or something, right? I don't know. Hmm, she trains right. at Jackson. Trains at Jackson yeah. Wink, so you know. She's the problem with her. She's never been a great athlete. She's kind of short, and she was a she's a she's pretty good as a boxer and puncher, but she's not really great defensively. And you can bully not her out athlete. You can out bully her and out athlete her, 
But I mean, I can see why they put on her. She at least has some name recognition. But um, yeah, is- yeah you know what the her name recognition is that she went what was it one and four in the UFC? I mean, that's that's what they're using. They're either using these people to rehab, or they're using them to potentially build some stars. The thing about it, the girl she's fighting. I don't know. Retirement. I, I don't know Retirement. I don't, know, I don't know that the girl she's fighting is good enough to to really win in a manner that's going to set her up. Because yeah. if nothing else, Escabel is a seasoned fighter and she's tough. So you can win, but I don't know that you can the way you need to win against a fighter like her. To against a fighter like her, you need to blow her out of the water. I don't know that the girl yeah. she's fighting can do. That. Yeah. Well, but like I said, my my problem with this show as a pay per view is I think I'm concerned that it's going to be blah. Well, the thing, the thing, there's two things you can have. Paper, you can have. There's three kinds of fights. There's there's great fights, there's fights with big names, and there's fights with stakes as far as contenders and rankings. These fights on the Invicta card aren't names. They don't have stakes. Most of them don't have valuable titles. Most of them don't have big names. What they're hoping, I'm assuming, is that they're matched well enough that they get high-quality back-and-forth fights. Because if they get good fights, that'll bring in more fans eventually because they don't have any cachet. You just need good fights. So her and this girl go into a three-round war that's great for Invicta because it, it increases interest in their brand and in their product. They don't care who wins or loses. They just want exciting, exciting fights. Listen, I said what I said before. I wouldn't have done a pay-per-view this soon. I would have waited like six months or something like that. Because this is only the second show back. No, I, I agree with you. They, they should wait. But, I mean, they're probably figuring, what do we have to lose at this point? All right. We'll lose We've some money. Got- we do all right then hey we take a step forward well we got uh on saturday's ufc show we have one women's fight which uh, means i should be able to watch the nascar race for the most part but anyway uh a couple of fights were canceled like i know that um uh, Vieira versus sarah the man was uh, canceled because um uh, sarah got injured and they moved ketlin to october gonna face misha tate uh, the fight we're going to talk about was supposed to be Tracy Cortez versus J.J. Aldridge, but unfortunately, Tracy got injured. So what we're going to get instead is J.J. Aldridge versus uh, Vanessa Demopoulos. And Vanessa is a an LFA veteran. She's been in LFA since 2017. She's been trying to get in the UFC for several years. And every time She's got a chance to get to the UFC. She seems to lose. <laughs> oh, so she's, so she's the regional version of JoJo Calderwood. I guess. I don't know. Anyways, she trains at, um, uh, what's the name of that place? I think it's Smokehouse. In, uh, no, Smokehouse in Los Angeles. I think it's called. Huh. Uh, so anyway, the point is, is that it, it's funny. I've heard about her. I've seen her fight before. She's really nothing special, but, you know, she's, she's been in LFA a long time, right? I mean, she lost two fights in LFA. Then if she won those fights, she would have made it to the UFC. Yeah. So um, what I've seen of her, a lot of her, a lot of her, she's not a great technician by any means. Defensively, she's a liability. Offensively, She's fairly limited. She's a typical MMA fighter that she likes to come forward. She likes to lose her physicality. 
She likes to put a pace on you and kind of bully you and outwork you. The thing about it is if you can stand up to her physicality and you can navigate whatever offense she has and you put her on the back foot, she doesn't really have an answer for you. She's not great at reactive takedowns. She's not even super great at, at takedowns versus opponents who have the size and strength to kind of neutralize her because she's not, to me, she's not a finesse technical takedown wrestler. She's more of a, I get in a certain position and I can bully you and I can overpower you. When she doesn't have that ability to overpower someone, a lot of her effectiveness goes out the window. She's very confident in her skill set. She's very physically strong. I don't think she hits with great power, but she hits with enough. But the fact of the matter is when she's faced a better athlete, she's found a way to lose. Corey McKenna basically outworked her, outhustled her. Lupita Godinez outworked yeah. her, beat her up, pushed her back. That's the but other against, one. Yeah, against lesser athletes like a Sam Hughes. We've seen the limitation of Sam Hughes. Sam Hughes, she submitted Sam Hughes and had her way with Sam Hughes. But Sam Hughes is, a less, is basically a lesser version of Vanessa Demopoulos. These other girls are basically McKenna's more skilled. Gadinas is pretty much on par, but Gadinas is a harder hitter and, and has more physical strength. So when she couldn't bully her or back her up, she had no answer. The good thing for her is J.J. Aldridge isn't a great athlete, but the bad thing for her is J.J. Aldridge is used to fighting better athletes than Vanessa, and J.J. Aldridge works at a high pace. She attacks all the levels all the ranges of mixed martial arts, and she's very seasoned. She can fight her way back out of out of a tough start. I you forgot one. That. You forgot one thing. You forgot one thing. You forgot one thing. What's that? Trevor Whitman is her coach. Is who's coach? JJ. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Also, she has a better camp. So um, yeah, and this this should because she's not as great an athlete and then not a dynamic finisher. This should be a good fight for as long as it lasts. But everything outside of maybe physical strength and athleticism is in the favor of Aldridge. And Vanessa folds against a certain caliber of opponent, and J.J. Aldridge is better than both of the girls who beat her. I expect J.J. to win. The problem with that, of course, is that her original opponent, Tracy Cortez, probably would have beaten her. Uh, I'm not too sold on I don't know that. I don't know about that. It's likely, but I don't know about that. We may find out. We may find out down the road. All right. So – uh, anything else you want to talk about, or is that about it? Let me make, let me make sure. I think. Oh yeah, one more thing about Kayla Harrison. Um, I do. People get the impression that I dislike her because I'm honest about her skill set. Everybody keeps telling me she's pound for pound. She's so great. She hasn't beaten anybody with even the skills to challenge her. They, they're not even. They don't have a jab. They don't have footwork. They can't avoid a clinch. They can't do anything. I know people don't have a high opinion of Chris. Chris Cyborg was a fraud. Chris Cyborg, I think, has to be favored against Kayla Harrison. Kayla Harrison hasn't faced any adversity. Amanda Nunes will clearly be able to be favored against her. I don't know that Kayla Harrison has an easy win against Holly Holm. Holly Holm at 145 gives Kayla Harrison some problems. It's not that Kayla Harrison is not a great athlete. It's not that I don't support women's mixed martial arts. I have to call it as I see it. She's beating up on girls who don't even have the experience or skills to match her, and they don't even have any athleticism either. So how am I supposed to gauge how good a fighter she is when she's facing people who can't even get out of basic positions with her? If she takes Kat Zingano down, Kat Zingano can get back up. Kat Zingano can take Kayla Harrison down. I tr- truly believe that. Can she beat her? I don't know. But can she give her a challenge because she's got experience and she's got physical tools? Yes. Mm-hmm. I have to see I, Kayla against somebody who is capable of pushing back. What, what, before what, excuse me. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. What did I say already about her? Wait, say it again. 
What did I say already about Caleb? Um, you wouldn't talk about it, but I just had to say that. Somebody's asking no, about it. I just what I said about her already, which I could elaborate down the line, is that she's probably going to return to PFL anyway for financial reasons. Yeah, and I respect that, but I still got to call it as I see it as far as her fight skills, which is what yeah, people are. What listen, listen, I don't take her talk too seriously. Most fans, they don't know what the hell they're talking about anyway. Okay, they're all a bunch of marks. Okay, so when it comes to to someone like Taylor Harris, there's no question she has skills, but you can't tell anything by who she's fought. You know, look at that fight last week. People made such a big deal about how how much bigger uh, Jenna Fabian was, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what did I say? Uh, Megan Anderson the second. Yeah, and that's pretty much what it was. There you go. So I don't worry about what other people say. What do I always tell you? Right? The only opinion that I care about is my own. That's true. Okay. Uh, that's true. I like to if fans if somebody comes to me with a question and what wants me to Hello. Correct how you called her and how you've assessed her. Not only based on her opposition and based on what you've shown me, which isn't very much. Well, this is the whole thing. You know, they're overrating her already. You know, and 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 I understand what she wants. She wants to prove that she's better than Chris Cyborg or Amanda Nunez or whoever. The point is, she hasn't faced anybody who can give her a hard time. So until she faces somebody who can give her a hard time, I don't see how she can have a hope in hell of beating Chris Cyborg. Yeah. I mean, as, as much as people think Cyborg is a, is a made-up fighter, she's better. She could, she, she would at least land a punch, a couple shots on Kayla. And I don't, I don't know how Kayla reacts to that. All right. I don't want to talk about that no more. I don't want to talk about that no more. Right? Yeah, that's it for me. Okay. Again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and also my other podcast, Frank Poses Big Bad Podcast. If you have any questions or comments for my blog or either my podcast, you can leave them in the voicemail. Even if there are questions about Kayla Harrison, and if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.